You're listening to WNYU 89.1 FM New York and online everywhere at WNYU.org. Today is Wednesday, November 5th. I'm your host, Kate Hines. This is The Rundown. You're listening to 89.1 FM WNYU New York. Kelly Drake kicks things off tonight with the Rundown's Word of the Week. I'm Kelly Drake, and I'm kind of a word nerd. Every morning, I wake up to the Merriam-Webster Word of the Day in my email inbox. Every week on the Rundown, I'll be telling you about my favorite word from the previous week. This week's word? Hallowed. Adjective. Holy. Consecrated, sacred, revered. The origins of Halloween are not as spooky as one might think. It comes from the pagan holiday Samhain, a time during which they believe barriers between the physical world and the spirit world break down. This holiday was later adopted by Christians to become what we now call All Saints Day, celebrated on November 1st. Before it was given its current name, the holiday was called All Hallows Day, meaning the Day of the Holy. Thus, the eve preceding was Hallow's Eve. So whether you celebrate ghouls or God, I think we can all agree the best part is the candy. That's all for the Word of the Week. Now, back to the news. Misty Avenger, Sienna Ross, and Grace Wanabo have documented their three different election experiences, voting for the first time, being a New York poll worker, and watching the results live. Today, I went to go vote, and it sounded a little something like this. God, I hate mornings. It's currently like 6.30, and I'm going to go vote. I couldn't believe it. Election day was one of those days I used to dream about. How satisfying it'd be to cast my vote for a leader who I followed during the campaign trail and who delivered hope for the American people. But today, the only hope I had was that I wouldn't have to stand outside in the cold for too long. It is so freaking early. I think there's only one polling place open in my town, so we're trying to go as early as possible before everybody gets there, but everybody's probably already there. (laughs) Let's go. And we were off. Are you excited? I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm I'm excited. I'm very excited to be here and to hopefully make a, a an impact. By the time I got there, I could already tell that many people had come by and that the process was stressful for the poll workers. One poll worker admitted to me that they had combined all polling locations because nowhere was big enough except for one of my hometown's local elementary schools. There were no polling booths set up, no buttons to click. The entire thing was manual. Perhaps this is what our founding fathers always dreamt we'd do, pen and paper as we cast our vote. I just got home. Um... It was really anticlimactic. I didn't even get a sticker. I just sort of wrote my name down on a sheet of paper, handed them my ballot, 
they like made sure that the signatures matched and then I placed it into a box. I waited for the rest of my family and then that was pretty much it. We walked back outside. I think the only reason why it was so easy was because we went early. Had we gone maybe like midday, um, it probably would have been a much more stressful experience. Sienna Ross, another reporter for WNYU, volunteered as a poll worker this day. I'll have her tell it from her perspective. The letter from the Board of Elections. Dear poll worker, please raise your hand high. This is Sienna Ross with WNYU. I'm here at the Javits Convention Center in Hudson Yards, sitting in a large holding area with roughly 200 other poll workers on standby, waiting to be assigned and driven to poll sites throughout New York City. All of us participated in a four-hour paid training, either in person or online, before coming here. I was told to arrive at 10 a.m. It is now 11.30 a.m., and I'm estimating another hour to two hours before I am called up if there is a poll site that needs me. It's 6.30 p.m., and I am at the poll site I was assigned to several hours ago, taking a 30-minute break on my five-hour shift so far, still have five more hours to go. So far, there haven't been that many people, actually. I heard that from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., right when the polls opened, there was a very long line. But since then, there haven't been that many people. My responsibilities have included pointing people to um, a scanner machine, and letting them know to fill out both sides. So it's a little less chaotic than I thought it'd be, but we have been informed that around 7 p.m. more people will likely be showing up given that it's the end of the workday. Please raise your hand. Grace Wanabo, another reporter at WNYU, decided to document watching the results of the election roll in. Like many young new voters, Grace and her friends sat around the television setting up pizza and getting ready for a very long night. As they sat around the TV, they talked about what it was like walking through New York City during this time. Yeah, it was really disturbing when I walked into Sweet Green. <laughs> when I walked into Sweet Green, and it was like all Yeah. At this point, it was 12 a.m., November 4th, and Grace and her friends noticed that they were nowhere closer. To getting a result. So they decided to call it a night. I'm back in my dorm. I feel like I expected on my way home from Brooklyn to Manhattan to see lots, lots of riots breaking out. I expected there to be a lot of people on the streets, but to me it seemed very eerily quiet. So I've been on the phone with my parents who are in Phoenix or in Maricopa County specifically, which just turned blue. And my, how I'm feeling, my stomach is in knots right now. And many people are feeling the same way. Even on every news site, they just don't know if votes are gonna be fully counted and we are gonna get a result tonight. As I record this, I'm pretty sure that November 3rd, we should all just go to bed. I'm Misty Avenger, reporting for The Rundown on WNYU 89.1 FM. Alina Nasir speaks to New Yorkers about the meaning behind the new Medusa statue that was placed across the street from the criminal courthouses in Lower Manhattan. Standing in the center of Collect Pond Park, directly facing New York criminal court, Medusa. Her gaze low and intense holds a sword in her left hand and Perseus's head in her right. This is the work of Argentine sculptor 
Luciano Garbati. Entitled Medusa with the Head of Perseus, the sculpture serves as a direct response to Cellini's 16th century sculpture, which depicts the story of Perseus slaying Medusa. Garbati reverses that story, imagining it from Medusa's perspective and revealing the woman behind the monster. Since its unveiling on October 13th, the sculpture has garnered a polarized response. A press release praised the statue as an icon of justice, noting that the towering Medusa stood across from the building where men accused of sexual assault, including Harvey Weinstein, were prosecuted. On the other hand, as news about the sculpture's planned installation spread, activists and observers on social media wondered why a piece of art meant to honor the Me Too movement, which was animated in large part by an outpouring of personal stories from women, was created by a man. So, I went to Collect Pond Park to see what New Yorkers thought about this contentious piece of art. I disagree with the whole thing about how a guy is using his art to portray how a woman reclaims her sexuality, I guess, after she's been raped. Because I don't think a man in society can ever understand what it's like to be a woman who's been raped. To me, it was shown in how the statue was like positioned. So, Medusa is like standing with her hip popped out like how you see a lot of girls stand i guess and it's done in a way that i think like speaks to the male gaze i think that it's only to be expected that the art world and its money in new york that art world money would pick something this milk toast to decide is political action milk toast in the sense that like the majority of women I know right now, their careers are slipping through their fingers because they can't take care of their kids at home and keep up at their jobs. And even before this pandemic, I had to decide whether I would pursue a career of kids because in my field, I was told that if I slowed down to have kids that I wouldn't be taken seriously as a candidate and offered full-time work ever as a tenured faculty. So I think that the Medusa is like, it's interesting and fine. I'm glad to see that this artist is going to make money by having re-injected it with more cultural capital, by recontextualizing it in another place and another time, and giving it more value that way. I'm sure it will auction for a lot of money. But is it the most politically aggressive or progressive? I really doubt that. Like, our basic liberties as women are backsliding so heavily. Um, I just think that it is a drop in the bucket for what art could be doing right now that it's failing to because we're all literally starving. So I feel like thanks, but thanks anyways. For WNYU, this has been Alina Nasir. A new pipeline is set to carry fracked gas under Brownsville, Bedsty, Bushwick, Williamsburg, and Greenpoint, ending at a national grid depot in Newton Creek. Opponents are calling to end the construction immediately as they are concerned for the safety of their communities and the nearly $200 million price tag for ratepayers. Izzy McMahon and Jack Peterson caught up with some protesters in Bushwick to hear their concerns. National Grid, NYC's primary energy company, is not only raising the monthly gas bills of New Yorkers, but spending the nearly $200 million they've collected on a fracked gas pipeline that would run through some of Brooklyn's lowest income areas. Multiple environmentalist groups have organized together to protest an attempt to stop construction of the pipeline. 
The main criticisms include that the pipeline runs through schools and community gardens and poses a health risk to communities like Brownsville, who already have high rates of cancer and are struggling with high COVID cases. In response to previous protests, the pipeline has been fenced off from the public on Leonard Street. Activist groups Frack at a BK and No North BK Pipeline gathered for a People's Speak Out at Sternberg Park in East Williamsburg on Thursday, October 22nd for the seventh straight day of protests. This frack gas, first of all, isn't even going to be serving the community. This gas is not for us. For them to be putting this, pi this dangerous pipeline through our neighborhoods without our consent, because Brooklyn never consented to bringing this pipeline in, right? Did it? Did they ever ask you? Did they ever ask you to bring it in? Did they ever ask for your permission? As New Yorkers, we don't really have a choice to be customers of National Grid. You know, they have like a monopoly. They have a hold on New York City. And so National Grid is literally shoving down our throats the cost of this pipeline. There's about 1.85 million downstate National Grid customers. That means all of us total would be paying about $100 for this pipeline. And you know, there were shifts where I worked really hard and it was slow and I barely made $100 in tips, you know? And the thought of having then to spend that money to National Grid who lied about this. National Grid is such a liar. They said this isn't a pipeline. Like we have eyes, we can see this. This is exhausting work, it's tiring and it's like, we don't got policy. If policy is going to affect us, it should be invested in us at the end of the day. Because this is a moral thing. National Grid don't have morality. That's what they don't have. They have greed. They got money. That's all they care about. No love, just money. We should be weaving into our community, the, the fabric of our community of love. Let's start with that. Let's start with love and kindness in our community. My name is Bati. I'm here representing Frack out of Brooklyn. I myself am facing federal charges because of chaining myself to the pipeline. I'm really facing hardcore charges, you know? I just want y'all to remember, like, you know, please, don't let this be for nothing, okay? Like, don't let this be for nothing. I'm a single mom, you know, I work, so I really have no time. I'm sacrificing my own sustainability to try to protect my community. An NYU student and protester who wishes to remain anonymous believes that the fight for climate justice goes beyond just Brooklyn. NYU constantly says that it's in and of the city and this is something that's happening in and of the city. And so many NYU students live in Brooklyn, like NYU has a campus in Brooklyn, obviously. Um, so like this is our community and this is our fight. For the Rundown 89.1 FM, this is Minizzy McMahon. And Jack Peterson. Women's marches have been happening all across the country following the death of the Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Sienna Ross attended a march in Washington, D.C., and Grace Wanabo attended one in Manhattan. They both spoke to march attendees about the future of women's rights. On October 26th, Amy Coney Barrett was officially sworn in as the Supreme Court Justice following the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg in September. Ten days before, I went to Washington, D.C. to cover the Women's March, where hundreds had gathered, and thousands of others in the rest of the U.S., to protest Barrett's near guarantee that she'd be confirmed. I spoke with several people to ask what brought them out. I am marching here today because I am just really fed up with the way people are being treated here in America, and I want to do everything that I can to make sure that they're made aware that this is not right. There are some big decisions that are coming up, and everybody just needs to turn out and make their opinions heard. This is the most important time of this election and maybe of our lives. Pretty much for our rights, for our bodies, 
so we can have a choice. Because of the hypocrisy that we've seen with this president and the Republican Senate. In the middle of an election, they're going forward with a confirmation process, even though in 2016 they said this shouldn't happen. Many were there to honor the memory of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. To me, RBG was the textbook definition of what a Supreme Court justice should be. She was an inspiration because she was a privileged white woman who used her privilege to fight for those less fortunate than her. Several women described their concern for Coney Barrett's pro-life stance in particular. Um, I have two young daughters. I want all of their rights protected. I want them to have full autonomy over their bodies. I spoke with two pro-life supporters at the march to ask about their stance. We believe that abortion actually betrays women and that there are plenty of women who could have lived amazing lives, but they're killed in the womb. Yeah, we would definitely want to bring a culture of life back into America by first abolishing Roe v. Wade and then giving the freedom to the state. Many protesters held signs and banners during the march. My sign says, vote and tell them Ruth sent you. My sign says, I can't believe I'm 12 and protesting this crap. In New York City, fellow WNYU correspondent Grace Wanabo did not encounter counter protesters, but shared similar conversations. Why are you guys marching today? We're very concerned about what the current occupant of the White House plans to do with the Supreme Court seat. Justice Ginsburg was very clear on her dying wish. And we also know Amy Coney Barrett is not someone that would stand up for the ACA, would not stand up for a woman's right to choose, a pregnant person's right to choose, is not someone that will stand up even for Medicaid. We know what she says. She does not believe it's constitutional. And so we're here to stand with everybody else and to let them know that this court should not be packed, that this seat should wait until the people have rightfully finished this election cycle. We know the people are already voting in droves all across the country. That was Pascal Bernard, the vice president of Planned Parenthood of Greater New York and a guest speaker for the rally. Other protesters held very similar sentiments to what she stated. Dismantling all the harm that has taken place in the last four years. Well, it's one of the most important things we can do at this minute because of the passing of RDG and what that means for us. And we are seriously at war for this country, and it's not pleasant. So coming out on this specific situation, like I said, the best thing we can do at this point is be present in strength and solidarity. Fifty years ago, we were marching for women's rights. We're in danger of losing so many things. We wanted to just come out be present even though we're oldies. Was Barbara Love, a second wave feminist writer and editor of the novel Feminist Who Changed America. She touches upon a common theme among the women there, that they were not only marching for their own rights, but also for the rights of their daughters and their future daughters. I'm marching because this is my daughter and I don't want those rights taken away from her. Yeah, it matters. Like kids are going to be affected when I have some. It's a huge deal. I'm marching today for my friends, myself, my future daughters that I want to have, for anyone who's not your stereotypical white dude who has tons of privilege. Overall, there were collective feelings of frustration, of outrage, of concern, but there was also this overwhelming sense of unity and solidarity that the people marching really felt comforted and reassured by. I feel hope when I see other people getting together. It's something to have a community, especially now with COVID, because it, it's cut so many of us off from each other. It's important to see people who agree with us and feel a solidarity. Marching on, now disease has struck and we are stuck with Nero on the throne. He violins his COVID For the rundown, this has been Sienna Ross. This has been Grace Wanabo.
That's all for tonight. You can find more on campus news at nyulocal.com. Next up are WNYU podcasts. Thank you for tuning into The Rundown on WNYU 89.1 FM. I'm your host, Kate Hines. You're listening to 89.1 FM, WNYU, New York.